You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Here on this Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7. We've got a lot to talk about here on the show today. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts and opinions are on Auburn Ole Miss coming up tomorrow. We're going to talk college football today as well. So 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you. We're here for the next two hours. We're going to talk to Stephen Willis, locked on Ole Miss at 2.30. We're going to have Jack Hudden joining us in studio in hour number two, making picks for Auburn Ole Miss, making picks for college football as well. So we've got a lot to do today. And again, 334-321-1390. Carter, happy Friday, man. How are you? I'm good, man. It feels good to finally get to the weekend. It felt like the beginning of this week flew by and then it it got slow here at the end, and I feel like uh, regardless of what happens this weekend, it's going to be very, very interesting around these parts. And so uh, let's see what, what what happens. I mean, you've, you've got a heck of a matchup this weekend. Uh, well, you've got a great matchups all over the country, all over the SEC, but you've got a game between Auburn and Ole Miss coming up that's got all sorts of storylines. Uh, you've got... Lane Kiffin, uh, who who the social media troll that he is, and then you've got Brian Harson on the hot seat, and it turns into a very very interesting kind of game, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Auburn's offense plays on the road. They just they looked awful last week, and then here they are going into another road game back to back weeks. Well, we are going to talk about Auburn Ole Miss a little bit here to start out the show. And then again, we're going to talk to Stephen Willis, who is locked on Ole Miss. We'll talk to him at 2.30 and get his thoughts on this Auburn Ole Miss matchup again. They play tomorrow at 11 a.m. over in Oxford, so we will talk to him at 2.30. And again, Jack Hutton will join us in studio as he's been doing just about every Friday of, of college football season. We've really enjoyed having him on the show, and we hope you enjoy it as well. But as we get into Auburn and Ole Miss, uh, the confidence I feel like for Auburn fans is just very, very low. And what you, the only thing you can hope is that the team's confidence is not low. Uh, it would be hard for it not to be just with how the season has gone. But for the fans, I mean, from what we've heard and what we've seen and what we've read, the confidence is low tomorrow at Ole Miss. Yeah, I don't think that there's any reason why there should be any confidence or confidence should be high at all. I mean, with the way that we've seen this Auburn offense play and just how bad they've been, I mean, the the numbers bear it out. They're one of the worst offenses in college football. And then when you look at an Ole Miss team that looks like they're starting to figure some things out, I mean, especially on offense, you start to see Jackson Dart and Jonathan Mingo start start to make a lot of plays, and you saw them go for huge numbers last week as I think Jonathan Mingo 
doubled his receiving total. He had nine receptions for 247 yards and two touchdowns on the road at Vanderbilt. He's going to be somebody I have I keep my eye on for sure. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Jackson Dart Jackson Dart threw for all, for basically 450 yards last week. This is a team that has made its hay all year long on the ground, and then Vanderbilt made them sell out for the pass. And Ole Miss did it to him to a level that we've ne- we have not seen this year. So that presents a very interesting challenge for Auburn this weekend. And I don't know how Auburn's going to tackle it, to be honest with you. Well, unfortunately for Auburn, it's going to be it's going to be the defense who has to keep them in the football game, playing against a very good offensive Ole Miss team who is going to throw the football and they're going to run it too. But they're they're going to want to throw on Auburn and. Of course, we've seen Auburn hold their own so far defensively for the most part this year. Of course, last week at Georgia, they played really, really well uh, until they just didn't get any support from the offense, and they finally just kind of broke down. It feels like that's been the story of Auburn teams over the past several years. Mm -hmm. The, The lack of support by the offense, putting the defense consistently in bad positions, and eventually, I'm going to keep coming back to the analogy until it's proven wrong, the dam's going to break no matter how strong the dam is and how well this defense plays. The dam's going to break, and you're going to start to – one score will, will leak through, and all of a sudden one crack becomes two cracks, and then all of a sudden the whole thing caves in, and that's what you saw in that second half against Georgia. And I just don't know how long the defense can hold on. And I think they'll play well again tomorrow. I think the defense is good enough, again, to keep Auburn in football games. Is this defense good enough to win Auburn football games? I don't think so. We've seen that in years past. But they're good enough to keep you in the game. And the offense, there's just there's no other way around it. The offense has got to do something tomorrow. You, you've got to score the football, move the football to start, and then score when you have those opportunities. I think big plays need to happen. you got to score in the red zone when you get down there and not just field goals. This is an old Miss team that will put touchdowns on the board. You have got to put touchdowns as well and keep them out of the end zone, but you're not going to beat Ole Miss on the road with field goals. That's just not – it's not going to work for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've got this old Miss team that right now in the ESPN SP Plus rankings – is number six in the country, number 11 on offense and number 13 on defense. They're a dangerous team. And you've got Auburn, who's down there, 67th on offense and 23rd on defense. So, I mean, it's basically both sides of the ball. Ole Miss is better than Auburn. I mean, maybe the only advantage Auburn has is special teams with the fact that you do have arguably the best punter in the SEC. And you've got... Keontae Scott, who we've seen can be explosive in the return game, in the punt return game. But how many times can can this Auburn offense give some some support to this defense and put points on the board? And because you gotta score to keep that that defense energized and inject some life in there. And I feel like if you don't if it's just three and out, three and out, three and out, like we saw last week. This defense, eventually, they're, they're human beings. I mean, it's it's a matter of time until mentally they're just like, oh, we're, no matter what we do, we can't win this game. And a little bit of that, that doubt, a little bit of that uh, 
a, a hair of give up may may sneak into the minds of the of the defense well we've had this conversation before but again what does Auburn need to do offensively how do they change this thing up to where they can move the football and score when they I have those opportunities that's the thing is I don't know you need to be able to run the ball but you can't and everybody knows you can't and they know that if they sell out to stop the run and keep you from running the football then you're putting the ball in Robbie Ashford's right hand and saying go beat this team with your arm and he has not consistently shown you he can do that yes he flashed and showed a lot of uh success and then uh, some some downs as well against LSU but then you saw what he did against against Georgia and a lot of that was I mean he was pressured on 40 percent of his dropbacks he was running for his life but that's that's par for the course this year. I mean, he was 13 of 38. That's not going to get it done. And if Ole Miss can get pressure on Robbie Ashford and and shut down the Auburn run game, Auburn's not going to score very many points. I'd be shocked if they broke double digits, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, when you can't run the football and you don't have time to throw the football and a quarterback that's not comfortable and confident enough yet to run the offense to to the level it needs to be, you're asking for a disaster. And I'm, I'm interested to see how Robbie Ashford looks in his second SEC start versus his first SEC start, road start, I should say, last mm-hmm. week against Georgia. So I'm interested to see what he looks like in his second road SEC game. But it doesn't matter if you don't have time to throw the football. It doesn't matter if you can't run the football. And it doesn't matter if you don't have guys to throw the football to. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's... There are guys potentially to throw the ball to, but when he's having to look down rather than down the field, rather than looking down the field, he is looking down at the pass rush. It's hard to find those guys when you're, when you're getting flushed out of the pocket. And we saw this at times with Bo Nix. With a bad offensive line, the quarterback can get a little trigger happy to 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 scramble and and almost look for a reason to run. And sometimes when it is blocked up, they still scramble because they're so used to having to run for their life. That's what I'm worried about as this season progresses for Auburn is that the the offensive line is bad enough that bad habits are being forced onto the quarterback, and that that's going to breed. Uh, further mistakes, further lack of of uh, consistency on offense. Because, I mean, look, the best play in Athens was the Robbie Ashford scramble run for your life play. Those are the most consistent games that Auburn had. And I don't know where, where consistency on this offensive side of the ball is going to come from on Saturday. I want to see some designed runs for Robbie Ashford. I, I want to see where... He has some plays in the playbook where he is not throwing the football once. He's not turning and handing it off. I want to see him run the football because that's what we've seen he's the best at as of right now is using his legs to scramble, get away from guys, make guys miss. Now, he better hold on to the ball and not fumble it in the open field when nobody Which touches him. he has him. an issue with. He has an issue with. He's got to fix that. But if he doesn't fumble, I think he's a good rushing quarterback, and I think Auburn needs to try and use that to their advantage because running with Tank Bigsby obviously is not your go-to option because he has nowhere to run, and throwing with Robbie Ashford hasn't gone too well either. He either is throwing bad passes, he hasn't figured out how to throw a different pass besides just the 100 miles an hour fastball. So 
I'm interested what what's the dynamic been like this week in practice with all of the noise surrounding this program, Brian Harson's future and and about the fact that everybody in America essentially knows there's not a future with Brian Harson in this program. How is how is the offensive line interacting with with the rest of the offense, with their quarterback, with their running back? How is What's the dynamic like between the offense and the defense? Because, I mean, there has to be a level of frustration on the defensive side of the ball with the offense when they can't do anything on offense. The defense is on the field the whole game. I mean, how would you how would you take practice this week knowing and hearing all the noise and knowing that it's, your head it coach would be is impossible for it not to bleed into the locker room there's in no some doubt. fashion. There's no doubt. And look, you're dealing with college guys. I mean, you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds and not that not saying that in a bad way, but you're dealing with young guys. They're going to hear the noise. Was it was it Chris Gordy or was it Trey Wallace that made a really interesting point when talking about the Auburn defense? They kind of are in a while to- polar opposites, the same situation as Tennessee's defense. Because Tennessee is up there scoring points like lightning quick, and the defense is on the field the whole game. Well, that defense is going to get worn out and give up points. Well, the same thing is true for Auburn, except it's all three and outs, and the offense having to punt the ball back and put the defense back out in the field eventually that defense is going to wear out and give points. The issue there is the offense isn't scoring. Exactly. It's a lot easier for the defense to sit for two or three minutes and come back on the field after your your offense scored a touchdown rather than you run off the field, you sit for two minutes, and then you come back on the field and you're like, great, they went three and out. Here we go again. If you're not getting the support from the offense, the defense just can't – they can't go the whole game. And it's a lot easier to run on the field defensively after a touchdown than after a three and out. And so the Tennessee defense is probably feeling okay. They're probably feeling a little bit better mentally and physically than Auburn's defense right now because they get support from the other side and again I think Auburn in practice I would have paid really good money to be there all day every day for practice and in the locker room to see what the energy is like right now within this Auburn team within the locker room what the players are saying outside of the locker room of course they're talking when they go to class and hang out in the evenings I want to hear and see what they're saying because like you said it's impossible to not let it affect you in some way with everything going on yeah I I I just truly that's that's the game of like uh you're rolling the dice every week out there right now because you don't know what the environment is like in the Auburn locker room. At what point does the roof cave in? At what point do you see some of the things we saw in 2012? And and it's perfectly understandable to be honest for for the players because they're not being put in a in a place to succeed by the coaching staff and that and that comes back to scheme game plan all of those things in-game adjustments when it consistently happens time and time again eventually it's just it's hard to get up for games and it, and I'm waiting I'm waiting for that hammer to drop maybe it dropped in the second half against Georgia this team has a chance to respond to that second half against Georgia this weekend but if 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 it's second half of Georgia to, for both halves, this thing may be off the rails and it may be past saving at any point this season. 
eventually you've got to get the support. Eventually, you've got to get a win, man. I mean, mm. for this team, offensively, defensively, special teams, whatever, I mean, just for them, like you said, to get out of the bed and go to practice on Monday, you've got to get a win here or there. And I don't think it's as bad as people are saying Auburn versus Ole Miss tomorrow. Yes, I know Ole Miss is a big favorite at home, 11 a.m. kick. But I think Auburn's still got some fight. And I think these guys who are still on the team right now are playing for Auburn and playing for each other. Maybe not so much playing for a head coach anymore just because they know what is going on. Uh, But... Look, when you talk about this game tomorrow, again, we're going to get into it more as we go along the show. We'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. But uh, I think this game tomorrow is its very important for the pride and the dignity of a lot of these guys within themselves because, again, you're playing for Auburn. You're playing for you. The season has gone not how you wanted it to go so far. And after after a bad loss at Georgia last week, there's potential you can go and have another bad loss tomorrow at Ole Miss if you don't play well. And I think Auburn has got to show up and be ready to go. I think the defense will be. The question's going to be if the offense will be as well. If the offense can't support the defense, then it's it's just not going to be pretty. Because again, like we've talked about, The defense can only go so long without getting the support from the offense. And if the offense can't score, you're not going to beat Ole Miss because they are going to score uh, at their home place. They're going to be ready to go. Lane Kiffin will have his team fired up, ready to play against Auburn tomorrow. That is 11 a.m. on ESPN. We've got coverage for it all day today. We're talking about Auburn Ole Miss. Later on, we're going to talk to Stephen Willis, locked on Ole Miss. Jack Hudden will join us in studio for hour number two. We'll make our picks around college football and around the SEC and, of course, Auburn as well. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us we'll take our first break be right back here on the friday edition of on the line back here on the friday edition of on the line jacob go with carter bird with you on espn 1067 auburn opa like a sports leader 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us we've got question of the day and then we will get to stephen willis who is locked on old miss uh he'll be joining us at 2 30 talking about the old miss rebels and previewing this game auburn and old miss tomorrow but again 334-321-1390 Call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. Question of the day. Tomorrow is a big, big day in college football, and the question to you is, what's the best game tomorrow? Which one will you not be missing? Which one will you absolutely 100% be watching, and why? Oh, well, it's absolutely this Alabama-Tennessee game because the ramifications of this game are so huge. If Tennessee wants a chance at the... To, to play for an SEC championship, if they want a chance to play for a national championship, if they want to break this streak, this is the moment. And I see the, the line is continuing to move in Alabama's favor, which is shocking to me. Maybe that means that Bryce Young is actually going to play. I don't know. I haven't seen anything about that publicly yet. Uh, I think it'll be interesting if he doesn't. I have a hard time seeing this Alabama team scoring enough to to beat this Tennessee team I think Tennessee has everything you need to to test this Alabama defense this Alabama defense will not be tested vertically like this Tennessee team will test them all year long this is going to be if it's going to be a little bit of a conditioning test for those DBs because they're going to run a lot in this game they're going to get their cardio in 
and then Tennessee is going to try to run as many plays as possible. How does Alabama's defense respond to that? If if Tennessee starts scoring, how does Alabama keep pace with their own offense? If if Tennessee gets stopped, how quickly can Alabama spin this thing on its head and 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 get out in front? I mean, it's really like I see it becoming an either a shootout or an or a shootout that I think Tennessee will win or a bloodbath because Tennessee's offense can't get going and everybody knows when you get when you run plays quickly and you don't get first downs it's just really quick three and outs which is a little bit of of what we talked about with Auburn's Auburn's offense in the in the first uh segment but now if Tennessee can't get those first downs and Alabama gets the ball and they start sustaining drives what does that do to this Tennessee defense and that's going to be something I I watch what, what about you? What games are you going to be looking at? Well, look, I think you can make an argument for a couple of games tomorrow. Obviously, Alabama-Tennessee. There's great games across the country. Yep. Penn State-Michigan, that's a top 10 matchup. Penn State, number 10. Michigan, number 5. This is the best test that either one of these teams will have so far this year. You're going to find out if these teams are legit or if maybe they, they need a few more weeks to get going. You can make the argument there. You could say Alabama-Tennessee, Oklahoma State-TCU. I think that's going to be an underrated game in the that Big 12. That going to be a lot of fun that's going to be a a ton of points in that game yep how about nc state and syracuse as crazy as it is nc state is ranked number 15 they're five and one syracuse is ranked number 18 five and oh two acc teams that have i mean possibly end of season postseason hopes going into this week and yeah i mean nc state's only loss right now is to a good clemson team that's ranked number four Mm -hmm. syracuse is undefeated syracuse has survived some finals. I mean, they they had a miracle to come back and beat Purdue. It's certainly been it's been a fun, fun, fun season for for Syracuse. That game's going to be interesting. I wonder how well Syracuse can run the ball on NC State's defense. I wonder if Devin Leary is a hundred percent good to go playing in this game for NC State. I know he got a little banged up last week. Mm-hmm. That'll be the storylines going to that one. And either one of those, if they don't go. I mean, if Syracuse can't run the ball or if Devin Leary doesn't play, it spins that game again on its head, and and the way it plays out is totally different. You've got Mississippi State and Kentucky. That's a big one in the SEC, USC and Utah. But the game of the day is Alabama and Tennessee. There is no doubt about it. Alabama-Tennessee is the game of the day. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. This is the biggest game in Knoxville, Tennessee, In the history of Tennessee football, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. This is the biggest game that they've ever played in Knoxville because two top 10 programs, you can make the argument top five with how Tennessee is playing right now. And Alabama shows that they are beatable. And Tennessee shows that they're trying to get themselves ready to beat Alabama and beat some other teams around the SEC and make some noise in the SEC East with Georgia. So tomorrow is Alabama-Tennessee Day, and it's the third Saturday in October. Carter, for the first time in our lifetime, this is actually a good, exciting game to be ready for to sit down and watch. I have, In my lifetime, I have never sat down and said... This Alabama-Tennessee game is going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be close, and Tennessee's got a chance to win. I've never said that in my whole life. And tomorrow, you get to do that with Alabama and Tennessee. Bama is now eight-and-a-half-point favorites. People are loving Alabama. It had gotten down to a touchdown, and people are on Alabama eight-and-a-half now. 
I don't know. We're going to make some predictions later on in the show. I'm still going back and forth on how this is going to go. But the game of the day tomorrow is Alabama and Tennessee. But again, you can make the argument for quite a few games going on around the country. We've got 30 minutes left in hour number one. We're going to go ahead and get to a break here in just a few seconds. We're going to get uh, locked on Ole Miss. Uh, his name is Stephen Willis. Again, he does the Locked on Ole Miss podcast. We are going to have him on the show coming on in just a few minutes. So we'll go ahead and get to a break here in hour number one. After him, you can call in 334-321-1390. Later on in the show, Jack Hudden will join us in studio. You're listening to On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Well, welcoming in a new guest to the show, Stephen Willis, who is the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, joining us here on this Friday afternoon. Stephen, it's nice to hear from you, man. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Getting ready for this game tomorrow. Should be interesting. Yeah, we are looking forward to it here in Auburn. I know the fans over in Oxford are really looking forward to it with uh, the hype around the program right now with Ole Miss as they are uh, they're playing well and they're a top 10 program. So let's go ahead and dive into it a little bit. Ole Miss, nine, or they are number nine in the country, 6-0, and 2-0 and in the SEC. What have you seen so far through the first six games from this Ole Miss team? Well, you've seen an offense that has gotten better each and every week. The defense has just kind of been there. They've been pretty steady all year. They're stingy. I think I saw it uh, described on Twitter as like an unruly middle school field trip with just these undersized, violent people. And that is, that is a good description of the Ole Miss defense. But as the offense catches up, um, you, this team gets really scary. And whenever they were very one-dimensional running the football, that's one thing. But now, all of a sudden, the passing game starts to show up. And once that does, that's going to cause the linebackers and everything a lot of harm, basically, in their schematic adjustments of the game. Because everybody's going to want to take care of the run. Because if Ole Miss can run the ball on you, uh, there's not much you can do. So you need to force them to throw the ball. They can do that effectively. They become scared. Steven, with this with this run game that you just talked about, with Quinshawn J- Junkins and uh, – and Zach Evans, what have you seen out of those two guys, both in their first year there at Ole Miss? They've both been pretty dynamic. What have you seen out of those two backs so far this season? It's pretty special. Zach Evans was the number one running back in the country a couple of years ago, um, was committed to Georgia, had some kind of a recruiting snafu or whatever, ended up at TCU. But he transferred to Ole Miss, and he is starting to give the things that you would expect somebody of that pedigree. Quinchon Jenkins from Pike Road, right up the road from you guys. And and it, it, this kid's special. You see him pop up in like the top five running backs in the country list and stuff like that because even as a true freshman, this kid runs like a man. I, I mean, he is difficult. Whenever – I think he's first or second in the league in um, yards after contact. He, he seeks it out. It, it's crazy for an 18-year-old kid to do that. And what – is really interesting is the third string running back is Ulysses Bentley the fourth, which Ole Miss might get back, but he's a former American Conference all conference player. So last week we saw we saw Vanderbilt kind of sell out to stop the run, and then you saw Jackson Dart and Jonathan Mingo go nuts. 
Is that a little bit of a uh, blip on the radar, or is that something that we can start to expect this Ole Miss team to really have a sustained and dangerous passing game? I mean, Jackson Dart was almost 450 yards, and Jonathan Mingo doubled his, his output on the season. Should we expect more of that going forward? Yeah, because I think that's the way that you attack this Ole Miss team, the way that Kentucky tried to do and the way Vanderbilt tried to do. Kentucky had almost worked as doing that. Vandy, I mean, they were a little bit outmatched. I think Auburn is going to come in and do the same thing. They're going to play slow. They're going to run the ball. They're hopefully going to gain four yards of carry and keep the sticks moving. And that is going to open up what I call Lane Kiffin shot plays because 10% of the um, Ole Miss offense is these Lane Kiffin shot plays where they're designed to take advantage of a certain cover that the defense is playing. So Ole Miss is going to run the ball. They're going to be about 60 65% run regardless. But as the eyes of the defensive backs and the linebackers get into the backfield, that's going to open up those shot plays. And I think Ole Miss had three touchdown drives against Vanderbilt that was one play. So these shot plays can be very effective if your eyes are in the wrong place. We've got Stephen Willis on the phone who does the Locked On Ole Miss podcast joining us here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stephen, let's start talking your perspective on Auburn and this Auburn team program that is – Look, we'll, we'll tell you like it is over here in Auburn. It's not pretty right now with what's happening with this Auburn football team and the program. What has been your thoughts and perspective on Auburn so far this season? First of all, you know, as somebody that's watched SEC football over the years, it's weird seeing Auburn in this state. Every now and then you, you, you catch that. I think when Gene Chesick got let go that year in 2012, um, that happened as well. This is, that's probably the last time I saw something like this, but you just look over there. Often, offensive line problems is—it's just—it's just anemic on that side of the ball right now. And you want to have a TJ Fentley because he's probably the best quarterback you have, but he's not athletic enough to really operate because of that offensive line. So you have to put an athlete back there at quarterback. Well, because of that offensive line problem, Tank Bigsby, who is potentially the best running back in the league, if he could operate is not able to operate. I think I saw that he is um, first in the SEC in yards after contact. And he, I don't know if he's on the top 10 list and he's averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of that, it almost just doesn't compute. Can you imagine leading the league in yards after contact, but your average is 3.8 yards a carry. Yeah. He's getting hit in the backfield every time. Yeah, I think uh, CBS actually flashed a stat maybe last week that he's like 200-something in, in, the, in the country in yards before contact at like half a yard, and then he's 12th in the country or something like that in yards after, the, after contact. But uh, kind of talking about this, this matchup historically, Auburn's gotten the better of Ole Miss the, the majority of the time, and then in Oxford, I believe Auburn is 13-3. and three. How much does... Does history, does it does it weigh over the Ole Miss fan base? Does it weigh over the program at all? I know, I know like when Auburn didn't win in Baton Rouge since nineteen ninety nine, that became the hundred pound gorilla on everybody's back when uh, when playing that game. Does history play any any role in this game on Saturday? Historically, it um, obviously does. On my show this week, I've mentioned a couple of times that you need to realize you're playing a bottom third SEC team right now. You're not playing that logo on the side of the helmet. If you play that logo on the side of the helmet, 
all of a sudden you might play down. Auburn could play up. They could get some breaks. There could be a situation like 2020 where a kid touches a kickoff and almost recovers it for a touchdown and gets taken away. Something like the weird stuff that this series is known for happening, all of a sudden then it can happen. You need to attack this game, not honestly, like you're playing a bottom third SEC team because right now that's what Auburn is. You don't need to elevate them up because Ole Miss does have a history of, with Auburn and Alabama of, letting, of losing to that logo, losing to that, those uniforms as soon as they walk on the field. Because there were games in the early 2000s, Bama's going 3-8, and eight, but they might beat Ole Miss 42-7. And that, that was teams with like Deuce McAllister and Eli Manning. It's just weird. We've got Stephen Willis, who does the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, joining us here on On the Line. Let's start looking at some of the matchups that we're going to see between Auburn and Ole Miss, offensively and defensively. What are some of those matchups for Ole Miss that you think they have the advantage over Auburn on Saturday? Well, the one thing you do is look at the running backs and the linebackers at Auburn because Lane Kiffin's offense basically is designed to torture linebackers. He wants them moving left or right, up, running towards the line of scrimmage. He wants that first step to be wrong and him to gain a half a second somewhere else. It'll open up for the team. So you look at Zach Evans and Quinchon Jenkins against, um, I think it's Owen Papo. Um, that would be a good way to look. Auburn is good on the defensive line. They're good in the secondary, but they might be a little bit weak at the linebacker position. Now look for Lane Kiffin to try and take advantage of them with jet motions and get them running horizontally, hit them with some inside zone, but also do perimeter stuff. And um, right behind the linebackers in the passing game, then the safeties will come up, then the shot plays will happen. Steven, with the way that Ole Miss has started this year, 6-0, and probably five of those games may not be the, the toughest of tests, but they did get that big win over Kentucky. How, what are the expectations in Oxford with this fan base? Are they starting to to look forward to uh, maybe some matchups down the road against Alabama and then a potentially one of the bigger Egg Bowls we've seen in recent history? Is that starting to creep into the minds of Ole Miss fans? Yeah, it could be a November for the ages for Ole Miss fans. Um, I mean, you guys are probably used to doing that because about every 10 years you guys throw a perfect season. Um, but we do not. We have not in 60 years. So the fans are noticeably excited and looking a little bit ahead. But I do caution them against doing that because the weird voodoo that Auburn can have in this game, the weirdness that um, Alabama in November, get through Auburn, get through LSU, get through A&M, that Alabama game comes to two. And so, Stephen, as we get to a kind of a prediction from you for Auburn and Ole Miss tomorrow, what have you seen from Ole Miss through their six games that gives you confidence uh, for them to beat Auburn tomorrow? And then ultimately, what is your pick? Um, honestly, the defense has been steady and the offense has improved each week. That was my main concern at the beginning because they were playing around with this quarterback competition in the beginning. And I was worried that whoever was going to win the job was not going to get the reps required to be successful once the season turned. The season turned to the second half, which would be this Auburn game. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but Jackson Dart really had a breakout game. I, I do think that Ole Miss is going to win this game. I think that line is fairly close to right. It might be like a 34-17 to 17 game. 
Well, I mean, look, people over here in Auburn, a lot, especially a lot of the Auburn fans, <laughs> are very confident. J- yeah, just not super confident because of where this program is. I know Ole Miss fans are extremely confident and excited about where the program is right now and where it's going and the potential they have near the end of the season. We've got uh, Stephen Willis of Locked On Ole Miss joined us here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Man, we really do appreciate you taking time and talking to us about Ole Miss a little bit. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything you're doing with Locked On Ole Miss. Yeah, you can catch me on the Locked On Ole Miss YouTube channel. You can see that if you're interested in the video, we do it in a TV show format every day. New shows come out at 6 o'clock Central. We also have several extras right now. Our uniform show for the game is up. Ole Miss is wearing white helmets, powder jerseys, and white pants against Auburn um, with the American flag decal. But we do stuff like that. Give us a follow. Hit the bell for notifications. And, of course, um, participate in the show by commenting and upvoting. Also, you can catch me on Twitter at the Stephen Willis. Hey, man, you do a great job, and we really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, good luck to you and the team on Saturday, man. All right, thank you, Now, Anybody's heading over, be safe. Yep, we'll do. It. That is Stephen Willis, who does Locked On Ole Miss, joining us here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He talked a lot about, obviously, the offense, but he talked about the defense more than I thought he would. And I feel like with this Ole Miss offense, maybe the defense does get overshadowed a little bit from Ole Miss. Well, I mean, anytime you have Lane Kiffin as your head coach and your play caller, the offense is going to get a whole lot of attention. Then last year, with the numbers that they were putting up with Matt Corral, it was truly, truly impressive. And then uh, with the transfers that, that they brought in, Zach Evans, Jackson Dart, I mean, you you have guys up and down that offense that are new, exciting faces. And I think that uh, that's, that's an area where this Ole Miss schedule has benefited this Ole Miss team to allow them to kind of, a group that had not played a lot of snaps together, got four games right off the bat to kind of come together and become a cohesive unit on both sides of the ball, really. And then they had that test against Kentucky. They got a win there, continued to build confidence. They got a win at Vanderbilt. And now, really, the tough half of their schedule starts. They start with this game against Auburn that they're obviously two-score favorites in. But then they reel off a run of at LSU, at A&M, Bama at home, at Arkansas, and then the Egg Bowl, of course, at the end. You've got some teams there that are very talented, that have at times played really, really good ball this year and have beaten some very good teams. I mean, you saw that when LSU beat Mississippi State. We've we've seen Arkansas be up to the challenge in several games this year. They've lost a few, but I still think, I think it'd be a, a mistake to overlook that team. Same with a team like A&M that has struggled, but then last last week showed that they are pretty game against Alabama. Then, of course, you got the two big ones there. You've got number two Alabama, and then you've got your rival across the state, number 16 Mississippi State. Both of those games could go a long way in deciding who represents the SEC West in Atlanta? And it's truly, it's become, it's setting up for what could be a, a 20, 2014 type year in the state of Mississippi where both of those schools are very up and, and are competing for the SEC West and in the conversation late into the season for a college football playoff appearance. One of the stats that sticks out to me about this Ole Miss defense is the most points they've given up in a game this year was 28 
to Vanderbilt. Out of all the teams they've played, they've given up the most points to Vanderbilt by 28 points. And they, of course, they scored 52. And they were down early in that football game. But the most points they've given up is 28 to Vanderbilt. So I think... Vandy Vandy jumped on it for 20 in the first half. Mm -hmm, I know. And you look at it, they've given up 10, 3, 0, 27, 19, and 28 points. So the defense does get overshadowed. But I think they'll play well tomorrow uh, against Auburn and... And look, if Auburn continues to play Auburn offense, then the defense for Ole Miss is going to be just fine. And uh, we hope not, obviously. We want Auburn to, to, to come out and do something different offensively and try to shake things up because it seems like what we've seen from Auburn is the first drive, maybe the second drive, completely scripted, looks good or looks halfway decent at least. But then after that, they just sort of ditch it, and they just say, well, now we don't really know what to do. It's like Ricky Bobby says, I don't really know what to do with my hands. That's pretty much what Auburn does after the second drive offensively. You can tell they've got it scripted, and they go right by the script, but then after that, they just don't know what to do. Well, I've cracked that joke before that that we've seen the r- report, I believe it was by Justin Hokinson uh, on Auburn Live, that that Zach Hill is doing some consulting for the for the offense and uh so I wonder how much of the script is Zach Hill and then all of a sudden when the script goes away it's just the two guys on the sideline Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw having to adjust and make decisions on the fly and that has not gone well this year and not only has that not gone well making adjustments at halftime hasn't gone well either and that that baffles me more than almost anything is when you go into the locker room and you just don't make any adjustments and you do the exact same thing in the second half that you did in the first half. It doesn't mean you had great success in the first half because Auburn really hasn't. They just go out in the second half and do the same thing and they wonder why it doesn't work and they wonder why the other team makes adjustments. It doesn't make sense to me. It put that on the list of things that just baffles me about this Auburn coaching staff and what Auburn does offensively we got to get to our final break here in hour number one we'll talk some baseball when we come back and then of course in hour number two Jack Hudden will join us in studio talking all things college football talking Auburn Ole Miss we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 we'll come back and wrap up hour number one of the Friday edition of On the Line you are on the line on ESPN 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Big thank you uh, to the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, Stephen Willis, for joining us here on this Friday afternoon, previewing uh, previewing Auburn and Ole Miss. So again, big thank you to him taking time out of his day before the game tomorrow. Talking about the Ole Miss Rebels again, they're six and zero, top ten team in the country. They're two and zero in the SEC. Uh, so again, big thank you to Stephen Willis, who is the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. But we've got about five minutes before we wrap up this first hour. Reminder: Jack Hutton is on his way. He will be joining us in the studio for all of hour number two as we talk. College football and of course Auburn and Ole Miss. But we'd love to hear from you. 334 321 1390. And talking a little baseball uh, as we wrap up this first hour. The Braves play today. They start at 3.30. They play game three of their NLDS series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Again, it's tied at one apiece. Phillies took game one. Braves take game two. So a massive game three in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park in, of course, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So 
The official start time is 3.37. Spencer Strider will get the start for the Braves today. We were hoping that would be the case. He'll get the start today. And then Charlie Morton will get the start in game four tomorrow. So, Carter, we got our wish. We got Strider today and Morton tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about that. Spencer Strider is a guy who just kind of has that that energy about him. You want to see him on the biggest stage. And this is the perfect moment for him. On the road, in Philly, Game 3, it's not necessarily a true must-win, but if you win this game, you take you take the series, uh, you you control the, the series, and you, and you have command of the series, and I expect him to rise to the occasion and, and show out here uh, today against, against the Phillies, and I'm excited about it, and I can't wait to get this game started. It'll start in the, in the middle of our second hour here. That's right. And I'm sure we will uh, have it on here in the studio. For sure. Well, the Phillies are starting Aaron Nola, and again, the Braves are starting Strider. The Braves are slight favorites today, minus 115 on the money line. I like the Braves to win today, especially with Strider on the mound. Now, you don't fully know what he's going to look like because he hasn't pitched since, what, September 18th or 16th, something around there is when his last start was. Uh, so about a month is the last time that Strider started in a game and he's coming back in the postseason, but I think he's going to be just fine. I think Strider is extremely good. He gives the Braves a huge advantage, and hopefully uh, for the Braves, their bats continue to work like they did in the end of Game 1 and then in Game 2. So again, the Braves playing at 337 today. It'll be on Fox Sports 1. Uh, if you're looking to turn that on while you're listening to us, uh, we recommend that you do it. And right now, in the American League, the Yankees and the Guardians are playing in Game 2 of that series. This game was supposed to be yesterday. It got postponed, so they're playing Game 2 today. Yankees-Guardians tied at two apiece in the eighth inning. So the Guardians uh, are hanging in there. They've got six hits to the Yankees' five, and uh, we'll see if the Guardians can even up the series before going back to Cleveland. And then tonight, it's the Dodgers and the Padres in Game 3. That series is tied at one apiece after the Dodgers took Game 1 and the Padres take Game 2. Any chance that the Padres can somehow upset L.A. in this series? You know, I I think the way that they're pitching pitched in the wild card series, you have to assume they have a chance. I mean, if if Musk, Musgrove or go, goes out there and shoves like he did the other day, I would absolutely think they have a great chance to win this Game 3 matchup. I'm excited. Uh, well, it's actually going to be Blake Snell. But, but I mean, you, you've got... You've got the pitching at the top for the, for the Padres, and I can't wait to see how Game 3 and Game 4 shake out. Uh, I thought that they were close to getting the upset in uh, Game 1. They were they were one big inning away, and they had runners on, and they couldn't quite get it done. I cannot wait to watch. I mean, this is the series that I said coming into to the divisional series that I thought could be the most fun and I just can't wait to watch these two teams battle it out tonight Dodgers and Padres Gonsolin on the mound for the Dodgers Snell on the mound for the Padres and then looking at this weekend uh, Braves Phillies game four tomorrow Astros Mariners game three tomorrow Yankees Guardians game three tomorrow Dodgers Padres game four tomorrow and then on Sunday the if necessary games Braves Phillies game five Yankees Guardians uh, game six or excuse me game four and then Padres Dodgers game five and on that's on Saturday and then Sunday is Astros Mariners the if necessary game so there's a lot going on uh, with these games and 
These are some really, really good matchups and some good series. Hey, reminder of our live events going on this weekend. Tonight, we have Dodgers at Padres, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, we're going to carry the Atlanta Braves at 1230. We're going to have that Braves at Phillies right here on ESPN 106.7. Then it's after the game, uh, of course, right after Auburn and Ole Miss play. That'll be around 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere in there as soon as the Auburn-Ole Miss game is over. Then on Saturday night, we have Dodgers-Padres again. Sunday, we've got some NFL and baseball action we have the Buccaneers at the Steelers and then the Phillies Braves if necessary game on Sunday so a very very busy weekend of live events here on ESPN 106.7 we call ourselves the Auburn Opelika sports leader and we mean it as we wrap up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line we're going to have Jack Hutton joining us in studio for all of number two as we talk Auburn Ole Miss and college football you don't want to miss it more coming up in hour number two of the Friday edition of On the Line Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. Hour number two officially underway here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in the studio for all of hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. It is gorgeous out there today, not a cloud in the sky. It's a little hot when you stand in the sun for a while, but it's a gorgeous day here in Auburn, Alabama. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7. Seven. We've got a lot to go over here in this second hour. We're going to talk, of course, Auburn and Ole Miss. We're going to make some picks for the games around college football in what is one of the biggest weekends of the year so far in college football. If you missed any of the first hour, though, be sure to go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com. Dot com, excuse me, and you can click on the podcast center and find it all right there, commercial free, right after the show. So be sure you go and um, make sure you go and find that. We talked to Stephen Willis, who is the host of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast in hour number one. Uh, we, of course, we've got Jack Cudden in studio for all of hour number two. Hello, Jack. Hey, how are you guys? We are fantastic. I'm great, Jack. Fantastic. How are you? I am wonderful. See, I can't Carter, wait to spend another weekend in the studio. Carter is just like a bum when you're not here, and then he just like brightens up when you walk through the door. I yes, don't know. That's that's what they've <laughs> always described me is that I'm just a lifeless bum. He's just when waiting Jack's to go off. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But he does perk up a little bit when Jack gets here. So well, I can have that effect on on well Carter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack Cutton, of course, he does uh, all. Auburn High with the Auburn High Sports Network. Uh, he is the producer for Auburn High football. He does play-by-play for basketball and Auburn High softball. Uh, he's been joining us in Fridays on Friday afternoons in the studio, and we really enjoy having him in. But 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear from you. Phone lines are open all of hour number two. Let's start out hour number two with heading to the phone lines. Terry, you're on the line. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing great, right, Terry. Man. Hey, Carter, don't feel bad. I used to feel like that on payday before I retired. (laughs) (laughs) Used to walk around with my head up. Hey, guys, I hate to put you guys on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. 
And Monday on October seventeenth is Brian Harson still the coach at Auburn? Oh, I all right. Here's going to be my answer. I just feel like there's momentum moving in a direction of an athletic director higher, mm-hmm. and because of that, you I, like I I know that nobody would would hold anything the the firing of a head coach against this new athletic director, whoever it may be, but I highly doubt you you want the first action of your new athletic director to be firing a coach. That's why I feel the momentum towards hiring an athletic director creates a situation where I can see a firing happen on Sunday if Auburn loses. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no right now, Terry. I'm going to ditto that answer, Terry. I'm, I'm going to say no. I, I think Brian Harson will. Uh, I, and I've been going back and forth on this this week, but I think Carter put it really, really well with some of the momentum with an athletic director being hired and, and in the stages of being hired for Auburn. I think if Auburn loses on Saturday, uh, tomorrow, then I think he will lose his job on Sunday. They'll make the announcement. And then I think sometime next week, an athletic director will be named. So to answer your question, will Brian Harson be the head coach at Auburn on Monday? I'm going with no. Well, I think it all depends a lot on how uh, – I think Ole Miss is going to run them. And I, I, because the defense will get tired because the offense won't show any kind of consistency. And the, uh, Miss, and Lane Kiffin likes to put up points. Oh, so there's I no doubt. a 45-13 to 13 type game and them getting actually run and – um, being bad, being real bad when he gets back to Auburn and Lee County on on Saturday night. So there's there's I, I, not I many. Think, I don't think he will be. There's not many coaches in America right now that are better at at in game adjustments than Lane Kiffin, and we know that that is the biggest. I thought he was going to say Brian That is the biggest weakness of Brian Harson and his tenure, and I think that it gets exposed, especially in the second half in this game. Among many weaknesses, yes, among among a few at least. <laughs> I, I, people have took my criticism of Coach Harson a little bit the wrong way. I've never questioned his ability to coach as far as X and O's guys. I've I've questioned his ability off the field, the recruiting, uh, the interact interacting with players and and, other, and and you know recruits and alumni and things like that. That's thing I don't think he's willing to do. When he came from Boise, of course, out of Boise, he just had to coach football, and that was it. Well, down here, you're not just having another play; you got another table. Yeah, and, and Terry, that, that, Terry, have you been interviewed this week for the Auburn athletic director job? <laughs> nope, and I don't want to be either. <laughs> hey, man, we got another call, Terry. It's great to hear from you, man. We appreciate sure. it. That is Terry here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines again, though. 334-321-1390. Ed, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, first off, I just wanted to wish y'all a, a happy weekend. I uh, hope everything goes well. Happy weekend appreciate to you, too, Ed. You, you, too, man. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked a little bit, and, you know, I've told you that, hey, it's not a lot of people act like it is, and it'd be very, very a big upset, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Auburn wins. But but what I, what, what I was going to call about today was what you were just talking about, the athletic director, and the Hartwell, the, the man from, uh, uh, what is it, Utah State, I think? Mm-hmm, yeah. He's had experience at, at Troy, I think Ole Miss, and but what I've heard about him also is he is like supposedly really, really up and like a forerunner of the NIL type thing, and 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 what I can see or what I foresee or project 
into the future before long is you've pretty much got a, a professional team now. And can you see the, the – and really, Nick Saban's already done a lot of this, but can you see, like, the time to where, <clears throat> like in pros, you have the front office and the coaching staff. Can you, I can see the time that a lot of the player acquisition and – where the whether it's the athletic director, there is a, a, a you know, I see that part of the process becoming much much more important with every year, and I, I would just. I'm just going to throw that out. And yeah, Ed, Ed, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that John Hartwell was actually, he went and testified in front of Congress on name, image, and likeness. And I think that he is one of the industry leaders in NIL. And I think that that cannot be ignored. That's why he's probably one of your favorites to get this athletic director job. That's that's yeah. why he would be a huge asset to to really all of the athletic programs at Auburn. And I think that... Uh, it can't be ignored. It's it's something that is a huge plus on his resume as he went as as interviews take place for this role, and um, you, we we've seen that he is the most uh, mentioned name for this athletic director job was probably the favorite, and I think that the fact that he is an an industry leader in name, image, and likeness is a difference maker in in a decision like this on who to lead this athletic department into the future. I, I, I agree 100%. And guys, y'all, uh, War Eagle, y'all have a great weekend, and uh, y'all take care. Yeah, you too, Ed. It's always good to hear from you. Hope you have a good weekend as well. It's two two good calls asking about the athletic director and Brian Harson. Of course, Terry asked us if um, if Brian Harson's going to be the head coach <laughs> on Monday. Jack, what's your answer? Yeah, I see Brian Harson as out on Monday. Um I was I was leaning a little bit towards maybe he stays for the rest of the season a couple of days ago just for some of the reports that we were seeing. If I was decision making, um, I'd probably have him him out by tomorrow. G- given that Auburn loses, I think it does get interesting. Jack Jack would have pulled the plug after Penn State. Yeah, probably. Would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it does get interesting. Ed brings up a good point. If Auburn comes out and they win the game tomorrow, what do you do then? Because the writing's on the wall, and then all of a sudden you win. Is the yeah. writing okay. still on the we wall? We had that come okay. up yesterday. I keep hearing that talked about. Tell me how. Tell me, tell me how Auburn win, gets a win against an Ole Miss team that's putting up a bunch of yards on offense that just had a quarterback throw for, for 450 that has maybe the best run game in this conference. How how does this happen? What is the path? The me? answer is very simple. It's called Auburn Jesus, and that's <laughs> if he shows up in Oxford tomorrow, okay. then Auburn can win. Tell me, besides the Dagum Missouri game, <laughs> when Auburn Jesus is sure. So I agree. Here. Look, the, the path to the path to it is, and again, I'm gonna stick with you here and say the path to it is incredibly unlikely. I don't think Auburn goes into Ole Miss tomorrow De- and wins like it. Like the defense would have to score. Yeah, defense 14 is gonna have points. to score. You're gonna have to have some turnovers. There, you're gonna have to have. I say it every week. You're gonna have to have some stupid happen, like a blocked field goal that return for a kick, or you know, I don't know, something of that nature. But you're gonna have to have. I that. mean, based on last year's game, does Lane Kiffin know that he can kick field goals? Yeah, he yeah, went, yeah, he went not, for it on fourth down. You a may lot get and some stops the from the defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, heck, Lane Kiffin maybe decides to go for it on fourth and inches in his own territory, 25 yard line. Auburn stops him, runs back, something stupid like that, you know. But 
I think I don't think it's impossible. That's what I'm think. saying. I, I don't think this game tomorrow against Ole Miss, this is not a, a game, in my opinion, where Auburn has 0% chance. There's no shot it happens like we felt going into Georgia last week, right? Game, playing Georgia in Athens game one in the SEC road schedule, you knew there was about a 2% chance Auburn won that football game. I would give Auburn a 15 to 20% chance to win tomorrow if they can score the football. Now, if they change some things and have some better play calling and better game planning, I think the defense can play well enough. And to be honest with you, fellas, Ole Miss has not shown me anything yet that has me believing they're a top 10 team. They had to come back and beat Vanderbilt after going down by 20. I'm you here. This is, I think Ole Miss is the most fraudulent um top 10 team in the country because they have five wins over nobody they have five wins over nobody and that's what i'm saying and then you have that one win against kentucky that kentucky handed them on a silver platter exactly with you on that. so that's what that is why we ask the question what if auburn wins tomorrow then what do you do with brian harson we're going to get into that some more in a little bit but let's get back to the phone lines 334-321-1390 susan you're on the line welcome in Hey, I have a quick question about the athletic director. What are you guys hearing on the the beat down there? Is it look like it's going to be John Hartwell? Is that the going favorite right now, and that's probably why they haven't done anything with Harson? I I feel that John Hartwell is the leader based on everything that we've seen re- reported on uh, Auburn Live, on Auburn Two Four Seven, on Auburn Rivals. That seems to be the consensus. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, the the other name in in that fight, I think the, your top two are John Hartwell and Rich McGlynn, the, the the interim right now. But I would lean towards Hartwell based on what we've seen so far. And if I could just throw in there, Susan, the other I think the other thing you got to remember about Rich, Rich McGlynn is that if he's here, it's almost like you're you're kind of keeping the same staff that you had beforehand who who hired Brian Harson. So if they do yeah. decide to keep Rich McGlynn as that permanent athletic director, I think there's a possibility that you do see um, Auburn go with the. And I don't think it's based totally off of money here, but they they may try to save a couple dollars. Um, to keep him till the end of the year and then hire a new coach. I don't know that. Carter, I think you may have uh, a little bit more knowledge of that than I do. That just seems like the prevailing opinion. If, if Rich McGlynn is, is maintained, you may still see that. You may still see Harson at the end of the year. Yeah, that Hartwell seems like he's got an impeccable background and you know ties to the Auburn. And you know, I think we, I think if we're going to make a change, we need to make a full change. I agree. It yeah. wasn't working. Yeah, I Thank agree. You. Hartwell's got a he's got a great resume, and he's like we talked about his NIL coverage and his NIL support and his Auburn ties. I think I think Hartwell will get the job. I think he is the right man for the job. We appreciate the call, Susan. That's uh, we've had some great calls here to start hour number two. Uh, Carter, you wanted to comment on that again. Yeah, I mean, I think that that it's a Hartwell McGlynn battle, but your secondary candidates would be Tim Jackson, uh, David Benedict. We we know that he interviewed for for the job this week. Yeah, the, all those interviews have been going on this week. And then even a guy like maybe Jared Benko, somebody who's been at Auburn, potentially at at Georgia Southern. Those those types of those types of people. I think are the candidates, but the the two out front, I think healthily out front, are John Hartwell and yeah. Rich McGlynn. Yeah, and I would say, sorry, Jack, just to cut in. No, you're good. I think uh, the the interesting thing about this is that you're looking at, you know, when do you when do you part ways with your football coach? And I think the reason that you would keep Rich McGlynn around, um, not the reason, but if you were to do that, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, 
we're okay with maybe giving Harson this year and then making a change in the offseason to kind of garner uh, not interest around the program, but it, garner a little bit less. Um, I don't know, less negativity negativity around the program in season. Um, but I think if you want to go with a guy like Hartwell, if you're hiring him mid season, you've got to go ahead and make a move so that he's his first action as an athletic director is not firing the football coach. I think his first one needs to be hiring a football coach and having that on his kind of legacy, if you will. I fully agree. And I think if you do, if Auburn does go the route of McGlynn, I think you will see Auburn probably keep Brian Harson through the end of the Sorry, season. Man. And then he will fire Harson, obviously, because he will be the athletic director. But again, like you guys have both echoed, if you do go with Hartwell, you will see Hartson fired, and then Hartwell will come in and be hired, and then he will make the new hire on the new head coach. My, look, my issue that I'm going to keep coming back to with keeping Brian Harson through the Alabama game is you have to start a search, and the last thing you need to do is hurry and shove a search through it's a good point in yeah. 72 hours well we've talked about a game and make a quick hasty hire we've talked about a and process early that way you can have an organized and complete search and do your due diligence and get everything get, dot all the t's or dot all the i's <laughs> cross all the all, all all the t's and you can be in a good spot to make a hire yeah i think that it's it's too late to start a search after the Alabama game, in I agree. my opinion. No, I agree. And, and something we had talked about was the A&M, around the A&M game. It's something that some callers have talked about, some of our guests have talked about. If you do keep Brian Harson past this weekend, then maybe somewhere around the Texas A&M-Arkansas game. But I think Carter's 100% right. If you wait any longer than that, you are hurting yourself in a coaching hire and trying to get some of these guys in the early signing period in December because it's, what, December 21st, I think? And 75% to 80% of players are committing and signing on the early signing period. February is not very popular anymore. And if you are just now bringing in a new head coach and a new staff and you're trying to recruit these guys within two or three weeks, you're asking for trouble. And it's not going to be as good as you want it to be. It's not going to be the amount you want it to be. And that's why I think Brian Harson will be gone before the Alabama game. I, I think that would be the best decision. I think he's gone by this weekend if Auburn loses at Ole Miss tomorrow. 334-321-1390. When we come back, we'll make some picks for college football going on tomorrow you're listening to the friday edition of on the line on espn 1067 you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app Back here on the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in the studio for all of our number two here on ESPN 106.7. Before we get into some picks for the games going on tomorrow, reminder of all of our live events going on around our stations here at Auburn Network. It is a busy, busy weekend of sports here at Auburn Network. So starting tonight... Friday night baseball. You've got Dodgers and Padres beginning at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 106.7. The Drive is on location at Sky Bar today from 4 to 6, so make sure uh, you tune in for that or maybe go over there and uh, check it out, see what those guys are up to, 4 to 6 with Bill and Dan. And then, like I said, Dodgers-Padres at 7 o'clock on our sister stations over on Wings 94.3. You've got Auburn High at Central beginning at 6.30 over on the Auburn High School Sports Network. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Cudden will be on 
the call tonight for Auburn High, the number one team in the state, taking on Central. It's a place where they have not had good success over the last few years. So we'll see if Auburn High can get over the hump at Central. And then Carter and I have a home game over on AU100. That's 100.3 on your radio dial on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Lee Scott hosting Valiant Cross tonight in a one of their three straight home games to end the season and if Lee Scott wins tonight they will win the region championship and secure the number one seed in the put in the playoffs uh starting in November so big things playoffs? on deck hmm playoffs playoffs <laughs> playoffs playoffs so yes Lee Scott if they win tonight they'll win a region championship and have the number one seed in the playoffs that is on AU 100 that's 100.3 uh, on the Lee Scott Sports Network so that that's all happening tonight then you've got uh tomorrow you've got some Saturday baseball Braves and Phillies game four we are carrying that right here on ESPN 106.7 beginning at 12 30 then tomorrow afternoon after Auburn and Ole Miss It'll be after the game with these two lovely gentlemen, Carter Bird and Jack Cutton, right here on ESPN 106.7. That'll be 2.30, 3 o'clock, but it'll be right after the Auburn game, so make sure you tune in for that. Then some Saturday night baseball, Dodgers and Padres again in that massive NLDS. Then on Sunday, you have some NFL action with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom Brady is going to Pittsburgh, so that'll be uh, 11 a.m. on Sunday. And then we've got some if-necessary games going on this weekend. Sunday, Phillies and Braves if game five happens we will carry that right here on ESPN at three o'clock and then kind of looking into next week on Monday Guardians and Yankees game five if necessary so there's a lot going on on the stations this week so uh there's this is just interesting to me the Lending Tree Bowl has I guess they have a weekly speaker each week and they have changed their speaker to this Monday is Brian Harson, head coach of Auburn football that could be an interesting hmm. timing for that. I don't think somebody that somebody didn't think that one through very much. If this plays out. Well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But again, look at all of those live events. We've got so much going on again here on ESPN 106.7, Wings 94.3, and AU100. We are uh, not only is ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, but we carry the best high school coverage here in the state. So make sure you tune in. we got a whole lot going on. But fellas, we got about two and a half minutes or so before we get to the break so let's start looking at some of the games going on around the country tomorrow in the next segment we'll pick a lot more and then at the end of course we'll make our final picks and predictions for Auburn and Ole Miss some of the the not as sexy games we'll call them going on around the SEC tomorrow Georgia Vanderbilt uh, we know how that one's going to go what about um, Arkansas and BYU we'll start with that game we'll go in on that we got about two minutes Arkansas BYU, um, you got two teams who I think are in a must-win situation, uh, coming off some losses, and then uh, I think that I think that in this matchup, I don't know what the health status is of KJ Jefferson. For that reason, I like I like the Cougars in Provo. Jaron Hall, I think he's better than KJ Jefferson anyway. That's where I'm going to lean with that one. I like BYU a lot. I like what they do, um, especially on offense. I think um, I think it's Jaron Hill or Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jaron Hall. He's he's looked to me like he could be a Heisman candidate at times this year. He also gets a little bit careless with the football sometimes. Um, I like Arkansas going in and competing with them for um, a good while, and then I actually like Arkansas 
getting out of here, getting out of Provo with a win over the Mormons. Give me the Razorbacks, that offensive line. It's a pick them, I believe, right? It is. That offensive line, that SEC offensive line is going to run through them. I think Raheem Sanders is going to have a big one, uh, and the Hogs will get out of there with a win. I'm seeing it's either BYU by a point or a pick them, kind of just depending on where you look. The total for this game, 66 points. That seems like a lot, in my opinion. Arkansas's defense is that bad. I know, but at the same time, if K.J. Jefferson doesn't go, can Arkansas score that much? I don't know. I think K.J. Jefferson will play. I think Arkansas will compete. I think Arkansas will win this game on the road tomorrow at BYU. 66, I don't see that happening. I don't see 33 points by either team or, you know, that would be the average, but it's a pick so that's basically what they're saying. I don't see 66 points happening in this football game. I think Arkansas has hit a must-win situation. Like Carter said, they're 3-3. and They expected to be better than this at this point in the season. They've had three straight losses after opening up with, obviously, three straight wins. I like Arkansas uh, to win at BYU tomorrow and of course they come to Auburn in two weeks after the bye uh, so we will see how that goes but we got to get to a break when we come back uh, we will talk all things college football some more we're going to pick the big games going on around the SEC and around the country and of course we'll wrap everything up with Auburn and Ole Miss we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 more of the Friday edition of On the Line when we come back you are on the line with Jacob Goertz and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30, 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hudden in the studio here in this second hour as we get into the games going on this weekend, making some picks. We'd love to hear from you and some of your picks and predictions for the games this weekend. Who do you have winning the biggest matchups in the SEC and around college football? 334-321-1390. Uh, we're asking people what the biggest game of the weekend is, which one will you be watching, obviously, other than Auburn and Ole Miss. Be sure to go and get your picks in on ESPNAU.com for the SEC Football Challenge. Uh, go and get your picks in for that. You can uh, It'll close tonight at midnight, so make sure you go and do that and try to win some great prizes from our sponsors, the Orthopedic Clinic, uh, uh, Buffalo Rock Pepsi, excuse me, and then Johnny Brusco's and Wickles Pickles. So ESPNAU.com under the contest tab. Go and get your picks in in the SEC football challenge. But gentlemen, let's start looking at some of the big games going on around college football tomorrow. We talked about Arkansas-BYU. Uh, that'll be going on tomorrow. How about starting out at 11 a.m.? Number 10, Penn State on the road at the Big House. Number 5, Michigan. It's a battle of undefeateds in the Big Ten. Who do you got? I think that we really don't know how good either of these teams are. I believe in Michigan more. I'm not sure Penn State can run on really good defenses. And that's an indictment of what Auburn's defense did in that second half when they got run on. Um, and it's an indictment of the Auburn offense because the Auburn offense continually puts them in bad that defense in bad spots. I don't think they're going to run the ball all that well on Michigan because Michigan does not give up big plays on the ground and that's what Penn State has done extremely well this year they don't give up big plays on the ground I think they're going to force Sean Clifford into making some mistakes I like Michigan in this one I very much do and I think that you're going to see Michigan ride this thing out to that game at the end of the year with Ohio State and they're both undefeated and it's going to be as big of a game as we've seen all all, ever in that matchup yeah the the best team that either of these either of these teams have played so far is Purdue in week one. That was Penn State, 
beat Purdue 35 And should have lost. And should have lost that game, yes. So I don't think we've seen these teams play really much competition yet. You know, of course, Penn State comes to Auburn. We figure that out, that that, that wasn't too much. of That wasn't that hard of a win, it didn't seem like, for their offense, as bad as uh, that may hurt for Auburn fans. Michigan scoring 43 points a game, and they're in the big house. So I'll take the Wolverines. I like J.J. McCarthy, what he's done, nine touchdowns and one interception on the year. I think he'll take care of the ball for the most part. Uh, I'll take Michigan in the big house. I like a low-scoring game. I think both teams will score a little bit. I agree with Carter that Penn State running the football, I think they're going to struggle. And I'm still not sold that – Clifford is a top-tier quarterback. I think he he has played some games and played some teams that make him look better than he is. Uh, I like Michigan in this game. They're favored by seven. I don't. I wouldn't touch the line just because I don't know how this game is going to play out. I do think Michigan wins. Uh, the total is forty-nine. I could see that going under, but again. If I'm a better, I'm not touching this game just because I don't know how they're going to play. Because like you both said, we don't know what either of these teams looks like right now. I think Michigan's just better than being at home. A uh, hundred something thousand people are going to be packed in the big house, ready to go for a top 10 matchup. Give me Michigan at home starting at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Then some other games going on uh, at 11 a.m. Kansas, Oklahoma. Kansas, of course, gets their first loss of the season last week after their quarterback goes down. He is out for the year, their starter. So, Well, they've they've re- refuted that. It, it was not cleared for that information to get out. They have now said that he's day, he's not playing this week, but he's day-to-day on a weekly basis. Oh, I did not point. see that. Okay, well, news to me. I didn't see that. But they're on the road at a struggling Oklahoma team. Uh, I think Kansas wins. I think both of you would probably agree with that, that Oklahoma is just not where they need to be. Do you both agree or no? I mean, if you looked at the line, Oklahoma's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. You're, whoa, that's that's bold of oh, you well, to just I'm, assume that, it's a, that Kansas. it's a Kansas win. I think Kansas wins the game. I think it'll be a lot closer I love me some Jason Bean, the backup quarterback at Kansas. I thought he was awesome to watch, exciting, just truly enjoyable experience watching him make big throw after big throw. He uh, he made some, some incredible plays. I think that Kansas can score enough because that Oklahoma defense is miserable. I just don't – you gave up 49 – you lost 49 nothing last week to Texas. How can you pick yourself up off the mat? I think it's going to be a close – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be close. And I think Kansas by a hair at the end. He said with a question mark. <laughs> uh, Carter and Jason Bean kind of have a love story dating back to last week. And, and I, was in, I was in on the love triangle, I guess we'll call it. We were He was unbelievable. Oh, he, he was, was really good. Magnificent last week, uh, stepping in for Jalen Daniels. But um, I do think that he gets brought down to earth a little bit when he goes to Norman. Kansas is still averaging 40 points a game, though, and they put it on TCU in that second half with Jason being in there. I think just like you guys, I'm going to go Kansas by a whisker. But, again, this is a game in Norman. Oklahoma's kind of fighting for a bowl game at this point. Um, they're going to need this one if they want to come out. I think they're going to keep it at least close. I think Kansas wins. Look, I assumed you guys were picking Kansas, and then Carter jumped on me, and then you both ended up picking Kansas. So, Well, but but the, the yeah, way it was that, discussed Jacob. as like a just foregone conclusion, Kansas is going to blow them out, I thought I don't think they blow them out, but no. Kansas wins this football like, game. I'm just telling you. I think we all know Kansas is going to win, and they're well, – they're, all they're two score dogs yeah. if anybody disagrees i'd love to hear it. not saying you're wrong i just think kansas wins this game agree let's get to the the big best slate of games tomorrow 2 30 starting out 
with Georgia Vanderbilt. No, I'm just kidding. Alabama and Tennessee tomorrow. The game of the day, folks. I mean, it is the game of the day. I think it's one of the best games of the year so far, hype-wise. I hope, I hope, I hope Tennessee doesn't come out and just lay an egg against Alabama and, and Nick Saban come in and just dominate this thing. I don't think that happens. I like this to be a competitive game. You're going to have to give me a second before I make my pick because I'm still going back and forth on it. I'm watching this line move so much. It's moved half a point the, since the last time we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it's moved, it's been anywhere from, what, 6.5 to 8.5. Uh, it's interesting to me. I know Bryce Young's supposedly going to play. That came out since we talked about it last, but... Look, I don't know what percent Bryce Young is at. I know this Tennessee team is going to put a, a an amount of stress on the Alabama sec- secretary that has not been, they have not seen all year long. They will not see again. There will be vertical tests in this game that, that, that Alabama will not see unless they these teams match up again in the SEC championship. And I think that... Tennessee, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker at 100% is going to be better than Bryce Young at whatever percent he's going to play at. I think it's weird that this line is as high as it is. I know everybody and their brother has picked Tennessee to win this game. And I'm going to, too. And it just it's uncomfortable that everybody is just talking about Tennessee winning this game. Yeah, and I'm on, and I'm going to back you up there, too. I got Tennessee by two scores in this one. Two scores? By two scores. Hendon Hooker Hooker is my Heisman front runner right now. I think Bryce Young coming off of an injury from last week is going to maybe not struggle but not be nearly as explosive as he has been in previous weeks. Uh, This is where Hendon Hooker takes the Heisman campaign by the horns. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't see I don't see Alabama being able to stop the attack. I mean, they're averaging 47 points a game. I know Alabama's averaging a little over 40 as well. So this is going to be a battle of the offenses. But in the end, I like Hendon Hooker and the Vols at home. This is the biggest game in Knoxville in our lifetime, possibly ever. I think it is probably the biggest game that's ever been played in Knoxville. Alabama number three, Tennessee number six. You could make the argument number five. Both teams are undefeated in in conference play and on the season. Alabama is an eight-point favorite as of right now, but it's fluctuating between seven and a half, eight and a half as of right now. I think that's too much. I think Hendon Hooker plays really well. You are going to see the best atmosphere in college football to this point in the season tomorrow afternoon at Neyland Stadium. Tennessee has been waiting on this game and for this big of a game for 20-something years. Yeah, that's probably- and, and they've been waiting on this. This is what the third Saturday in October is supposed to look like, and in our lifetimes it's never looked like this. I'm excited to watch this game. I hope it's good. I think it will be. If, t- if Tennessee doesn't get it done this time, it's – I don't know if it's going to happen until Saban walks away from the game. This is the I was just about to get into that. This is the time if Tennessee is looking to beat Nick Saban, this is the time to do it. You will not get a better chance, a better team for Tennessee and a better chance to kick an Alabama team while they are sort of down than you get right now at home 2:30. It's the game of the week on CBS. Tennessee 8-point dogs at home. I like Tennessee to cover. Yeah but I'm going to take Alabama. It's a really good Tennessee team versus an Alabama team that's still really good but has holes as opposed to previous years. The secondary is a little bit of a hole. They got, even though I know they got Jameer Gibbs, but they've got a hole in that backfield without him. They don't really have a great running game. I think there's some holes in this Alabama team that Tennessee can exploit, and I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses with the Vols right now. 
I'm taking Alabama to win the game. I think Tennessee will keep the keep it close. They'll cover an eight-point spread, and if it gets down to a touchdown, I still think Tennessee will cover, but I like Alabama to win. I think Nick Saban will have his team ready. We saw them make a lot of mistakes last week against Texas A&M. I think they'll get those corrected. I think you're going to see Bryce Young now. He has not played well on the road, but I think you're going to see him motivated. I think he knows what he means to this football team and what he means to this offense, and he saw what they can't do without him. And so I like him to come in, have a decent day. I like the Alabama defense to play well, slow down Hendon Hooker a little bit. I think it's going to be a fantastic ball game, though. But I like Alabama to win this thing. I just think there's too much hype and there's too much uh, pressure for Tennessee to win this football game. And I've said it my entire life. Until I see it with Tennessee, I will not believe it. And if they come out and win tomorrow, then props to them. I'll come on here Monday and swallow my words. But I'm going to take Alabama in this game. I just think there's too much on... on, Too many people are on Tennessee for me. I like Alabama to win this one. Let's move on to some other games around college football. How about a big one over in the Big 12? Number 8, Oklahoma State on the road at number 13 TCU both teams are 5-0 2-0 in the Big 12 Uh, TCU four-point favorites at home against a number eight Oklahoma State who do you guys have and why look I think this game has a chance if if something gets squirrely with the Alabama Tennessee game this could just slide in and replace that game as the game of the week I I love what I have seen out of this TCU team so far this season uh, they've their offense is the best in the country. Max Duggan is a stud. Quentin Johnston went nuts last week. He had thirteen catch. Or he had let me see. He may have had fourteen catches. He had fourteen catches, two hundred six yards, and a touchdown last week against Kansas. I think they keep that offense rolling. I think TCU gets a win against a very good Oklahoma State team, but TCU's offense is too much. Leading rushing, leading rusher for Tennessee, excuse me, is Kendra Miller. He's got 69 carries, 470 yards. That's seven yards a carry he's averaging. He's also got six touchdowns. TCU can not only throw the ball, they can run the ball too. I've got them at home. I got the Frogs. Oklahoma State is my Big 12 championship pick when Carter and I did our picks back in the beginning of the year. I like Oklahoma State. I think they are great offensively. Their defense has been very questionable at times. It is getting better. But TCU at home coming off a big win against Kansas last week. I know that's kind of crazy to say, but a big win against Kansas last week. They've got a top 10 team coming in to Fort Worth, Texas. I like TCU here, gentlemen. I like TCU to win. This will be Oklahoma State's first loss on the year. Doesn't mean they're out of it, but TCU, I think they're playing too, They're playing really well. The offense is too good. 68.5 is a ton of points. Take the over. I think I think it'll be a shootout. Defenses will be non-existent in this football game. I like the over. 68.5, and, and I like TCU to win straight up. One game in the ACC that will not get the love it deserves, NC State and Syracuse. I think this is a great matchup. It's on ACC Network, which is a crime, if you ask me. 15 NC State, 18 Syracuse. NC State's 5-1, and 1-1 one, one and one in ACC play. Syracuse undefeated and favored by 3.5 at home. I think this game could be the one of the more interesting games in terms of there's two dominant storylines for me. And can can Syracuse really run on NC State's defense? That is good. It is a very good defense. And Syracuse in big games, when you throw out some of the outlier games like Louisville and I believe they have an FCS game as well, they're only running for like two and a half yards of carry. If they can run the ball, they'll be fine. And then on the flip side, Devin Leary might be a little banged up. 
D- d- is he 100%? If he is, give me the Wolfpack. I'm going to err on the side of the Wolfpack just because of that defense, and I think Devin Leary is going to play, but who knows? Yeah, uh, Garrett Schrader is, is kind of quietly having a really good season for the Orange. He's got 10 touchdowns, only one pick on the year, so he's been pretty efficient uh, in his passing, a um, little over 1,200 yards on the season, so Garrett Schrader's been really good at home. Um, I do. I think I'm gonna go with Syracuse in this one. They are a slight favorite um, on the on the money line and on this the uh, the ESPN FBI. I think so. I like uh, Syracuse to move to six and zero in this one. I, what you said, Jacob. This is a crime that this is on ACC Network. This is a college game day level game or at least a matchup that we have here and it's on the acc network you got to do better than that yeah i mean at least give them espn2 or something i mean i i don't know who's playing at that time but uh look i like nc state here to just kind of give a quick pick for me i like nc state i think they're a better team than syracuse i like what carter said syracuse not really running all that well and they haven't played anybody great in my opinion yet i like nc state to keep their acc hopes alive a couple of more games as we got about two minutes before we get to the break um there was a game on here LSU, Florida, and Mississippi State and Kentucky, two games in the SEC uh, that you would think would have bigger implications to this point in the season. And with the Mississippi State game has big implications. I know, right but the problem is Kentucky's already four and two. That's the problem. With exactly. The, that's the a, issue. They're in a back into a corner. This is this is the game to save your season. And I don't think it happens. I, to I get my pick, I think Mississippi State wins. I agree. I think Mississippi State is. Mississippi State is the truth this year in the West, and they are as capable of beating Alabama and Georgia as just about anybody up there with with Tennessee in my mind. I think Kentucky goes or Mississippi State goes on the road, beats Kentucky. Will Rogers is a better quarterback than a turf toe hampered Will Levis. Will Levis is going to play. I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. Give me Mississippi State, and I think it it has a chance to get ugly. Kentucky's got a very good run defense. Their pass defense, on the other hand, is not great. Their secondary has already allowed, um, and I I looked at the wrong number there, but their secondary is allowing a good bit of yardage on the season. Will Rogers already with 22 touchdowns. He's going to make it, folks, 27 touchdowns uh, on this game. Mississippi State's going to get the win 6-1. On the other one, I'll go really quick. Look, Anthony Richardson's better than Jaden Daniels. It's in the swamp. Florida's going to win. LSU's bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Me All too. right. I like it. I like Florida. <laughs> yeah, I think I like we, Florida. Yeah, yeah, I like Florida at home. Six o'clock on ESPN. Could be a sneaky good game. I think these teams are both sort of equal. I think Florida's a little bit better. I think, like Carter said, um, Florida's got a little bit of an edge in the quarterback room. Not by a whole lot. But I do like Florida Saturday night against LSU. Uh, we got to get to our final break. We'll come back and talk Auburn Ole Miss. Give our final picks, predictions, takeaways, what we're looking for tomorrow in Oxford as Auburn plays at Ole Miss at 11 a.m. on ESPN. We'll come back, wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in the studio for the next few minutes as we wrap up this Friday afternoon here in the studio. 
We're going to talk Auburn Ole Miss and give our final takes, predictions, and thoughts on the game tomorrow, 11 a.m. on ESPN. If you've missed any of today's show, it's been a great one. Make sure to go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on the Podcast Center, and you can find it all right there. Commercial-free right after the show, so be sure you go and find that. We talked to uh, the host of the Locked on Ole Miss podcast in hour number one. We've had Jack Hudden in the studio with us in this second hour we've been given picks and predictions uh, for the games around college football we had a good athletic director discussion about Auburn in the beginning of this hour so it's been a great show today and again if you missed any of it go and find the podcast ESPNAU.com just a reminder high school football coverage tonight We've got two games, of course, here at Auburn Network. We have the Auburn High School Sports Network and the Lee Scott Sports Network. So Auburn High on the road at Central Phoenix City. That will start at 6.30, kickoff at 7, over on Wings 94.3. That'll be Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton. They will have the coverage for you live at Central tonight. It's a big one for Auburn High, number one team in the state. And then after the show, me and Carter are hopping in the car, going over to Lee Scott Academy as we have a home game tonight versus Valiant Cross. That is a region game at home uh, broadcast time is set for 6 30 kickoff at 7 on au 100 that's 100.3 fm and uh that game if lee scott wins tonight they're undefeated 7 and 0 on the year if they win tonight they will have number one seed in the playoffs and they will win the region championship game tonight so that is what's at stake over at lee scott again broadcast time 6 30 kickoff at 7 on au 100 that's 100.3 on the lee scott sports network with carter and myself so that's what's going on tonight We've got a ton of live events going on uh, here on the station. The drive is going to be on location in just a few minutes from Sky Bar. Then it's the Padres and Dodgers. We've got baseball uh, this weekend. We've got NFL games on Sunday after the game with these two gentlemen tomorrow. So there's no excuse for you not to tune into something. we got too much to offer for you not to tune into what we got going on here. So be sure you tune into all of that good stuff. But gentlemen, we've got just a few minutes. we got about three. You each get, we'll all get a minute to talk Auburn Ole Miss, your final thoughts before Auburn takes the field tomorrow well I mean I think that this is not going to go well for Auburn I think Ole Miss jumps on Auburn quickly I'm not sure the script is going to produce points um and then the second half is where this thing turns ugly I and then if you want my other fun hot take here this Saturday is the beginning of the back-to-back weeks that Alabama takes a loss wow how about it back-to-back See, I got him losing by two scores, and now Carter has got him losing two weeks in a row. Man, and Jake, you're picking them, man. Yeah, I am. I did pick Alabama to beat Tennessee tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, because it's such a it's such a risky pick to pick Alabama. Yeah, so me and Carter are the ones. I'm going that are, against the whole country. Me here. and Carter are the ones that are right here. Yeah, yeah, you're, okay. yeah poor, besides poor, betters, besides poor the betters, pitiful you picking yep. the eight point yep. favorite to win outright. I'm picking no, them. That is that is injustice. Jake. I that's know a, that's a great pick, and it it, it should always be when you're picking Alabama. <laughs> Um, this with this one, a lot like Carter, like what you said earlier. I don't see how Auburn does win this game. You know, they're going to an an, an Ole Miss team that is going to be real fired up to kind of build off of this momentum. Yeah, they hadn't had a whole lot of big wins on the season. They do have a win over Kentucky that 
maybe it's look a little worse as the weeks go by, but I think Ole Miss is going to be up for this one. It is at 11 a.m. I don't see Jackson Dart playing very poorly. I see Quinshawn Judkins continuing his about six yards a carry against an Auburn defense, especially in the second half. Um, I don't see this Auburn offense being able to run like they want to with the football. Robbie Ashford's going to have to make some really incredible plays with his feet to help this along. So I'll take Ole Miss in a 35-17 to type ball game. Auburn at Ole Miss tomorrow, 11 a.m., in a game where it could be the last for Brian Harson as the head coach of Auburn. We've had multiple discussions about that this week. Look, it comes down to this, fellas, and everybody knows it. Can Auburn score? And can Auburn put together a game plan past the first drive offensively to try and compete on the road at Ole Miss tomorrow? I think the defense will play well until they just don't have any gas or motivation, really, or because they're not getting support from the offense. Through six games, nothing has shown me that this coaching staff is ready to to put together a game plan to be successful in a football game nevertheless on the road in the SEC I like Ole Miss to win tomorrow Uh, I think it'll be competitive in the first half you'll be thinking kind of like last week hey Auburn may have a chance if they can score some and then I think you're going to see Jackson Dart and Ole Miss offensively and Lane Kiffin just kind of pull away from this thing late I think Ole Miss uh they're what 15 point favorites it's kind of a weird line I do think they win by double digits and I think we're sitting here on Monday Carter and I think we're talking about Brian Harson no longer being the head coach at Auburn I think that's what's going to happen this weekend but you never know go and enjoy the weekend though it should be a great weekend of college football playoff baseball we've got nfl football here on sunday as well after the game with these two guys on saturday afternoon 2 33 o'clock so make sure you tune in for that have a great weekend enjoy college football we will be back here on monday same time two to four right here on espn 1067 uh, again have a great weekend enjoy college football stay safe and i'll talk to you later